This is very personal work for me. Politics. Politics. I believe I was called to Sex. tell my story, use my voice, be a Gay voice people. for the community, to speak Black to people. and for a community of people Black that's been ignored, denied, love, love, relationships. relationships, religion. This is my life's work. Religion. religion. I want to use words to uplift, heal, inspire, encourage, do something different, something different. Every Monday at 10. This podcast was brought to you by Green to Clean Professional Carpet Cleaning Services. Visit them at www.g2clean.com. Good day, thinkers, thought leaders, progressives, and dreamers. I'm Craig the Writer Stewart, and this is so much to say. These are my thoughts in my voice about black shit, white shit, gay shit, and everything in between. So I am so excited. My friend Daniel Brown is here from New York City. Ooh, he gave the full government. <laughs> Daniel and I went to Hampton University together. That's actually where we met. You remember where we met? Yes, we met in Black His. What was it? African American Studies. Class? African American Studies freshman year. That's we didn't when actually. We first saw each that's other. when we first saw each other. Yeah. Well, that's when you saw me. I don't know if I remember him. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think, we never spoke. We never spoke because, you know, she's a true New Yorker, aggressive, outspoken. I mean, she always has something to say. She said, no pun intended, but so much to say. Um, She sat in the first row of African-American history. And we've had this conversation before. We've kind of thought that he was probably a little racist. Our teacher was black. Mm -hmm. I know there are people out there that think black people can't be racist. Right. And so um, I sat in the back. You know, I sat in the back of the class, but I remember very vividly seeing you come and go in the class and you always had your hand up, challenging him, having something to say. But we didn't actually become friends until... In Sam's house. What year was it? What ju- what, what? Oh, well, then you I, went. You I just said junior. <laughs> but it had to be junior year because that was the year that we were living in the harbors. We didn't live in... We lived on the campus. Right. The harbors were the apartments directly across from the campus. Um, the apartments. But yeah, it was the end of junior year, and we were in Sam's apartment, and we were actually sitting in her bedroom. I think I was already in the bedroom, and then you kind of came in, because it was a few of us in the bedroom. Like, Sam's apartment was the place that everybody hung out. In fact, we called it Cheers, right. because we used to go over there to drink <laughs> every Friday and Saturday. And so, a few of us had gathered in her bedroom, and I remember distinctly lying on her bed, and you were sitting like in front of me and I said something I don't remember what it was and you turned around and you looked down at me and you said what is your name (laughs) you said I don't normally uh, uh, take to people this quickly but I really like you and I think we're going to end up being friends and that was the beginning of it but I think that the foundation of our friendship is our love for words and the way that we love because we love similarly in our relationships and we've over the years we've talked about that I've been in certain relationships at at the same time that you've been in certain relationships and we've compared notes. We've been dating at the same time, both being single. But I remember being at Hampton. That's still the case. uh, Yeah, we're both single now. (laughs) So we talk about things now. Um, But I remember being at Hampton when Love Jones came out and I remember remember you coming from the theater and you called me and you were like, if you don't go see this motherfucking movie. (laughs) But yeah, I remember you calling me about that movie. I remember you calling me about Goodwill Hunting, 
And you were like, oh excellent my. Movie. Excellent movie. That was one of my favorite movies too. Emotion. I'm deeply rooted in emotion. Yes. And I think that's what our connection, connection has been. So I have said to you for years that I think that you're an amazing writer. Thank you. Um, so I thought it would be really appropriate for us to share just like snippets of different things that we've written over the years. Like I want you guys to listen to a piece that she wrote called Single Has Been Good to Me. Yeah, it's called Sing Single Has Been Good to Me. I knew he was going to start off with that one. Absolutely. That, that was one of my favorite ones. I mean, it's a good one. I just read it for the first time again um, here. It's somewhat... I don't think it's aggressive. It's honest, but I was... Oh, looking, it's very honest. I was, I was looking at... Again, the usage of the word nigger. Right. In it. And I was like, Ooh, Oh, but wait, can wow. I say, also, Danielle is in my first book. Can I tell them that? N well, you've already told Well, I haven't them. told them what character you don't you need to tell them who I am. They'll figure it out. <laughs> Get the book. It's available on what? Craig, Craig, uh, Craig the com, But it's also on Amazon and you can download it on whatever e reader you have. Yeah. Get the book, read it, and let us know who you think. That's I am. the first book, but there are two. So don't stop at the first book. I'm only in the first one. Uh, be careful. <laughs> Both of them are good, though. You're in the dedication in the second one. I Listen, honey, and I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Before we read, um, before you read, Single Has Been Good to Me, I want to read a piece from my forthcoming book, which is called Book of Jewels. I have not announced the name of the book, but it is called Book of Jewels. And it's from a chapter called Life. This book is actually going to be a personal development book. So it's the biggest life lessons that I've learned thus far. Mm. And each chapter signifies those lessons. So, for example, the, the first chapter is called Life. The very last chapter is called Death. But there's a chapter called Dating, which I'm going to read a piece of. Um, piece of. There's a chapter called Love and Fear. There's a chapter called Passion, Fate, and Destiny. But right now, I want to read a little piece from Life because... As one of my closest friends, like, you and I have shared so much of ourselves with each other, um, but I've shared a lot with you in terms of my journey, my struggles, um, because I really think that it takes a different kind of person to be able to, to journey and chase your dream and really follow your passion, because there are so many ebbs and flows, and you have been one of those forces, and that's why I wrote you in the dedication of both books, because... You've been one of those people that ground me. And then there was a podcast that aired a couple of weeks ago uh, where I talked about the love of black women. That's in the Massage Noir uh, episode. And you were one of those people that I talk about because I believe that any success that I've had um, through my works, I credit you along with several other people, my mom, my friend Angela, because I remember when I was doing A Day in the Life, my stage play, you weren't able to get down here for one of the productions, but you bought tickets. Mm -hmm. You bought tickets. You went online and bought tickets for the show, even though you wouldn't be able to be in the audience. The first one. The first show, mm -hmm. the first production. Yeah, because you did come to the, the last production, mm -hmm. which was in 2007, you and your mom. But then, similarly, when I released my first book, I remember, you might not even remember this, but I remember it was so difficult managing printing books, Booking flights, booking hotels, paying my own personal stuff, whether it was my car payment, car insurance, or whatever it was that I had going on. I remember you, I remember just talking to you on the phone one time and just like, you know, I just don't know how I'm going to buy these books, you know, print these books. And you said, well, how much are they? And you ended up buying 
like a block of books for me so that I can have books for the next reading. So I just, I think about you and I love you for that. I love you for so many reasons, but I love you for that. So I want to read just a piece from this chapter called Life. I love you too. <laughs> oh, and speaking of I love you, did I ever tell you this? You are the first person that made me comfortable with saying I love you because at the end of our junior year when we met, I went to summer school before our senior year because I had never taken 18 hours. Mm -hmm. And so if I hadn't gone to summer school, I was going to have to take 18 hours both uh, semesters, senior year. Mm -hmm. So I stayed at Hampton for summer school and you guys came down for the summer at that time. I remember we were getting off the phone and you were like, all right, I love you. You were home in New York and I was at Hampton. And I like paused. <laughs> I remember like pausing and like looking at the phone. I was like, I love you. And, but that was the beginning. And like, that was just something that you always did. And we still do it now. Yeah. We do it now to this day. But you helped make me comfortable to say I love you to other people. It, whether it was in my relationships, whether it's now to my nieces and nephews. You know what I mean? So I'm comfortable saying that. But anyway, so this is from the chapter called Life. And again, I'm just going to give you just a little blurb. And I want to read this because there's probably somebody who is listening, who is in the middle of a storm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're trying to follow their dream or their passion and the bills are overwhelming them. So this is for you. This time last year, I considered giving up. Not on life, but on the dream. I was anxious, losing faith, and becoming quite weary. I didn't trust that things would level out for me. I was burning the candle at both ends of the stick again. I was touring with two books, which meant juggling all of the tour expenses, like printing and shipping costs, traveling from city to city, either by car or plane, hotel stays coupled with eating on the road, all while trying to manage my personal expenses back home. I became skillful at surviving on very little. I could stretch pennies, but I was mentally exhausted from having to be resourceful and finding new ways to rob Peter to pay Paul. There never seemed to be enough money left over for me to relax and catch my breath, so to speak. At times, it felt like I was drowning. I was doing the work, but my outlook was bleak. It didn't feel like I was advancing. I knew what I was capable of and what was possible, but still wondered if I'd ever get there. I wondered if my family and friends understood what I was going through and what I was trying to accomplish. I knew what God was capable of doing but wondered if he would ever do it for me. So that's all I'll read from that, but that's the opening of the very first chapter of the next book. So I want you, so I mean, we can talk about that if you want, otherwise we can just kind of go straight into your piece. I mean, that's interesting because I, I, I've been there with you before, you know, like I'll be in my kitchen on the phone talking to you leaned up against the counter or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And I... I remember either hearing you say something that lets me know that you're in that place. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so I'm 40. I'm single. Um, I don't have any children. I have a really good life. But I'm 40. I'm single. And I don't have any children. And <laughs> I would like to have children and I would like to have a really strong partnership with an unbelievably amazing man. And I have friends who are 40 
and married with children. And some of them are in really good relationships and some of them are in really bad relationships. That's real. But I never look at them like, when is it, you know, when is it going to be me, God? Because I, I that's faith. I mm-hmm. believe that my time will yes. come. Once I remember I was in a relationship, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, I got a text from one of my friends saying she was on baby number two. And I remember getting the text. My boyfriend at the time was standing in the kitchen. And when he walked back in, I was sobbing. And I said to him, this is the first time that I've ever felt like I want my time to come. Right. And it wasn't like, when is it going to be me? It was just like, I'm ready. Um, and I wasn't ready. We are no longer together, me and a guy. So, uh-huh. you know, um, and I, I believe that God just, that's just not my story yet. And so I know that oftentimes I say that to you, you know, like right. don't get lost in when is my time going to come. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to be present in the journey because right. I remember when, when is my time was the time that you're at right now. Absolutely. Listen, listen, <laughs> because, you know, Greg, Greg, mm-hmm. he said to me, and I say this in the first book, I remember we were at a Waffle House. And I was I was complaining about not having enough to, to pay the bills. And I hadn't written any books at this point. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of in this transition, didn't really know what was going on in my life. I was just in this space. And I remember him saying to me, Craig, right now you're just praying to pay your bills, just to get by, just to have enough. He said, but your prayers change. Mm. He said, so what are you going to be praying when you play is sold out on Broadway for eight months straight. What what will you be praying for then? Hmm. And and so what you're saying is very true. But to your point, you were praying about or, or saying, when is my turn? And I've said that before too. Um, but what I've said to you in different conversations is, we all have our Achilles heel. Yes. And see, for you, it's that, to have that solid, stable relationship that's going to give you that family that you want. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the career. Mm-hmm. It's the financial stability. Mm-hmm. But I think we all have that thing that we, that we yearn for, that we long for. <clears throat> but what I've learned is, one of the things that I've learned in this space, because I think the greatest amount of growth comes from the most painful and difficult spaces and times in our life. One of the things that I've learned is, the thing you chase is the thing that eludes you. So if you chase love, it's going to elude you. If you chase money, it's going to elude you. If you chase wanting to be married, you know what I mean? I just believe that you have to just sit still and just enjoy the journey. Yeah. It was 2017. Dating looks a lot different than it did mm-hmm. years ago. And I am still not comfortable with the idea of swiping left and right. I'm going to be very <laughs> On these little mobile apps oh and stuff. Gosh. Yeah. Yes. And some days I'm, I'm on them. You know, mm-hmm. some days I'm on them and some days I'm not. But oftentimes when I'm swiping, I think to myself, is this what my life has come to? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing because I know a lot of people who have met their now significant other, husband, mm-hmm. wife, whatever, um, on some type of app. Um, and I don't know if that means that they were chasing love or chasing, you know. Right. I've come to the point where I am living life 
and ready for love to come. I'm not chasing it, though. No, I think or, that that's a part of the times now. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people using social media, because social media really does bring the world closer together. It brings mm-hmm. people closer together. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. It bring you closer together or apart. Right. Well, when I say bring people together, I mean, like, I could literally be on an app talking to people in D.C. or talking to people in New oh, York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it, it broadens your background, mm-hmm. I mean, your, your backyard, um, so that you can reach people in other cities. So it makes it feel like the options are so much more plentiful. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the reason why people don't settle down and, and stick to dating. Like, I've been on dates with people, and, you, and I've seen them literally on an app while we're sitting at the table. Or I'm coming back from the restroom and I see them on the app. But it's like our focus is so divided because social media brings us, makes us feel like we're, we're closer and that there's so many more options. So why should I sit here and pay you any attention when I could be talking to someone else? I was dating this guy and he was sitting next to me on the couch. This is before I was on Bumble, but I wasn't using it frequently. Uh-huh. Um, and I was dating this guy, and he was sitting on the couch next to me, and I heard the Bumble alert. Uh-huh. Right? Because there's a distinct tone to the Bumble. Just like we're jacked. Oh, How y'all doing? Well, I don't know anything about <laughs> jacked. <laughs> but anyway. Um, and That's so, the game over. I mean, I know what it is. I yeah. just don't know. I'm not familiar right, right. with the chimes. With the chimes, yeah. Um, but anyway, so I remember it going off. And I just was, I thought to myself, well, that's a, that's a, I made note of the alert. Mm-hmm. But I didn't pay any attention. Because, I mean, is that really disrespectful? Well, well. so here's the thing, though. Well, no, the alert came in to let him know that he had had a match. And, you know, on Bumble, the man has to wait for the woman to reach out to them. Okay. So it's it's like Tinder in that you match with one another. But the woman but the has woman to initiate it. the woman has to speak first. Okay. So in any event, he had received the match. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't even pay any attention to it. Until weeks later, I was in the bed. By myself. That's uh, a woman. Left and right. Um, and I wasn't swiping. On, I was. I forgot about that, to be honest. I forgot all about him being on Bumble until I saw his picture. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was ironic because I, I met him on an app. And he kind of gave me dating on an app one-on-one. Uh-huh. You know, he was like, oh, you should get a Google Voice number. I didn't know anything about that. Right. So that um, people won't actually have your number. They yes. dial to a, a, another And I was number. like, I'm very new to this app. I was, it was on Tinder in the beginning. No, this was years, two years ago. And I was on Tinder. And he was like, oh, you shouldn't. And he's like, oh, you know, they have this other one called Soul Swipe or something. And I was like, what's that? And he was like, it's like the black Tinder. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I had never gone on Soul Swipe, and then eventually I went on Soul Swipe, and one day I was swiping on Soul Swipe, and I saw him. You see him. So at that point, I thought it was kind of funny. I swiped, I, I immediately texted him, like, hey, I'm on Soul Swipe or whatever, and guess who I see? Should I swipe right? And he started laughing, you know, laugh out loud, and he's like, yeah, why not, or whatever. And when I swiped right, it looked, he had already swiped right on me. Okay. So, you know, we like laughed right, about it. Right, right. Well, <laughs> months Later, maybe a year later, yes, we were still dating because it was some on and off shit. But um, when I saw him on Bumble, it wasn't so fucking cute or funny. This uh-huh. time, you know. Uh-huh. So I sent him a text and I was like, how's Bumble? So how much time had passed? 
Oh, over it might have been like without a year. communication. Oh no, we were still. Oh, you were still talking. You mean, but yeah, so we were still in the throes of you it. know of dating. But a year had elapsed since that whole yeah, soul flight still, thing yeah. went down. Yeah. So I said, um, or maybe it wasn't a year, but I don't know. Whatever, it, it was a long time. So when I saw him on Bumble, I said, um, "How's Bumble?" <laughs> And he wrote back. You're such a motherfucker. <laughs> he wrote, I'm barely on it. Or I'm hardly on it. I'm about to delete it because people keep telling me that they see me on it. And, um, you know, I'm not on there. Well, And so I said, and then I didn't respond. And then he wrote back, deleted. And I wrote, well, that's that. <laughs> Well, here's what I've noticed. Well, you had something else. Mm -hmm. No, I was just going to say how it came full circle because then I... Re well, that's why I heard the goddamn chime <laughs> months ago because his ass was on fucking bumper. Right, because he was But still he wasn't on. my man. So I wasn't... I couldn't be mad. Mm -hmm. But it was just... So I said all that to say when you talk about people being on social media apps while you're with somebody. Right. It is... It's kind of... It's fucking rude to be on your phone, period. It's rude I'm, to physically be on the phone, but I'm... If your like, shit rings when I'm with you and it's a call that you have to take, take the fucking call. Right, I'm but, not that girl. Right, but it's like... It's like... It's the same as if there's a text message while we're sitting there. I can't assume or be mad that there's a text. Now, I can be bothered if you pick it up and you texting and shit while I'm sitting there. Constantly. Right. You might have to text. That's right. Okay. But in terms of a chime from a, from a dating app or whatever... I don't think that will really bother me. I would just make a mental note of it. Mm -hmm. But now, if you get to checking and texting and replying and doing all that while we sit in here, that's just yeah. fucking rude. And I don't think I don't even remember him going in and like being on the phone after that. I just remember hearing the alert, right. like you know. And I I remember when I heard it again, and then saw that he was on Bumble. It made a it made a point to me like, oh, that's what that was. And he was on Bumble then. So I've heard that Tinder is like the hookup app for. Well, it's interesting that straight you say people. that for straight people. So when it, I, I don't know because uh -huh. I'm not a hookup kind of girl. Uh, how you doing? Okay, but um, I have met a few people that are alarmed that I'm not the hookup kind of right. girl because it's like, well, then what the f are you doing on right. Tinder? Well, the thing that is important for me to mention Hold that. On. Go ahead. <laughs> so I met a guy on Tinder. And she's feeling herself now. She leaned onto the desk. <laughs> she's ready to talk well, because now. Because you were talking about Tinder being a hookup site. Uh -huh. And I said, I'm not a hookup kind of girl. I'm not. I'm not a first date kind of girl. Like, mm -hmm. if you get me on the first date, you have it my yet attention. To happen. Yeah. No, I'm talking what? about if you get me to take my panties off. Oh, 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 no, no, no. That's yet to happen. Right, right. Um, Her panties. I'm just being honest. No, I thought you were saying... But I met a guy on Tinder, and we started dating. And I remember in our conversation, I had made note, like, yeah, no, that's not what I'm about. And he kind of alluded to, like, well, what are you doing what on here? What are you doing then? on here, yeah. And I think it's different things to different people. I really believe that it depends on the person. Because I know that... What was it called? Jacked? Jacked, yeah. Is for hooking up, yes. Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> that's what the majority use it for. But I'm not of the belief that... That's what it has to be for. I believe that it can be what you make it. Clearly, Kim K. Because you've been using it. <laughs> right, because I use it to sell books. Like, I've yeah. sold more books on Jack than I have on Amazon. And my... Hence the name Kim K. <laughs> and, like, my page is specifically... Like, when you get to my page, you see that. Like, I'm talking about the books. 
you know, there's a video link that takes you to YouTube where you can listen to a piece from my book where I talk about a time in my life where I used the internet to, to have sex, to hook up. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was apropos to use Jacked in that way because I know that the, the, that the masses go there for sex, for hooking up. But I think it's really sad that people assume that the assumption is made that everybody on there is for, there for sex. So with that, someone had told me I should probably use Tinder as a way to promote the books as well. And I was like, well, if there's no way for me to put a hyperlink where people can listen to the preview from the book, then it's really pointless. And she was like, well, no, actually, you put the information in your bio, and I read people's bios all of the time when I'm on there. So I was like, okay, well, let me give it a try. So I noticed that on Tinder, a lot of the same characters uh -huh. from Jacked are on Tinder, but they're whoring on Jacked. Mm. But on Tinder, they're wholesome. Like, they're fully dressed. Mm. <laughs> you know, they got their, their credentials up, their degrees. You know what I mean? They have a variety of different pictures where they're fully clothed. I've never seen the women on Tinder mm -hmm. because when it asks, what are you looking for? I'm looking for a man. Mm -hmm. But I've been told by the men that some of the women are selling honey. I'm they sure. are obviously trying to catch. And um, I mean, I guess it's like walking down the street. Some women dress a certain way. Some women show certain pictures or whatever. I've also been told that some... That's wine pouring. You need more. You right, you need more wine. I'd love another <laughs> um, I've also been told that some of the women selling, that's good, thank you, uh -huh. are not women. Wait, what do you mean? You know what the fuck I mean? They're trans? Yes. Really? Yes, that a lot of, I mean, so much so that I've seen on some men. So they're men who are trans women? Yes. They were born men, but they've... Well, I haven't gotten into all of that. Well, yes. I mean, I, this well, is what I've been told by... No, I'm asking I'm, for clarity, because well, communication is our partner. Clarity okay. is our friend. Okay. Here's, here's what I'm saying. I've been told by men mm -hmm. that they have been approached by women... But they're trans on women. ...on Tinder, that they believe are women, only to find out... That they're trans. That they're trans. Got it. Yes. That's interesting. It's but see, I think it was important to have this piece of the conversation because I can't tell you how many gay people believe that we are the only ones that use social media or apps for hooking up. Like, that's absolutely absurd. And when people say that, when gay people say that, it's very clear to me that they don't generally have a balance of straight and gay friends. Mm -hmm. Because if they did, they would know that the same thing goes on on both sides. Because we have a friend who was using Match.com, which, of course, they boast that it's a dating and matching site and whatever whatever but we have a friend who a female who was hooking up on there going on there for one night stands you know you're looking at me like you don't know who i'm talking about i don't we'll talk about and it I off the air that he said we have a friend when we do that, my ears perked up like a puppy. we do we'll talk offline but speaking of she this she knows who she is hey, boo. <laughs> i fucking hate you i hate you but listen so there's a chapter in the book that's coming out mm -hmm. uh book of jewels again it's called dating. And I thought it was important to write this chapter because I think sometimes we make so many mistakes when it comes to dating, especially in an information kind of world now. So I want to read just a little piece from this. And we're going to come around to your uh, single husband, good to me. For those who haven't noticed, this boy loves reading his piece. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's, it's, it's called dating. I learned the hard way that sex isn't love. And affection doesn't always amount to intimacy. Mm. Okay? Say that again. For the didn't, didn't he say that? I learned the hard way that sex isn't love 
and affection doesn't always amount to intimacy. Come on, somebody. Mm. Do we need to give him a moment for that? Mm-hmm. Let us sink in. Mm. Go. Affection and intimacy are vastly different. The ability to be affectionate can exist independent of the ability to be intimate. Yes. You got to send me that shit. You got it. Get into it. I crave intimacy, and I've dated men that were touchy-feely, who enjoyed kissing and cuddling, but couldn't handle intimate conversation about their feelings or mine. <laughs> oh, he got in for this book. Do you hear me? Okay, let me keep going. These men were able to reach for my hand in the car or in a movie, but failed at getting emotionally naked. Mm. They couldn't look me in the eyes and admit they were in love or hurt. Too scared to fall, too scared of looking too interested, too afraid of getting hurt, too afraid of getting cheated on, too scared to care more than I did, and the list goes on. But the only way to get to love is to walk in the direction of fear. I remember a friend telling me once, I'd rather be alone feeling lonely than be with someone and feel like I'm by myself. I never forgot those words after she said them to me. She was frustrated with her relationship because it wasn't producing the results she craved. I was reminded that it's better to be single if being in a relationship meant compromising the joy of being myself or sacrificing peace of mind in exchange for love, only to find myself in love and lonely. The issues I've faced with dating aren't unique by any stretch. I would never suggest that the men I dated were completely responsible for the demise of those relationships. I've become clearer on how my behavior or response to certain situations aggravated things and contributed to the fallouts. I've broken some hearts and my heart has been broken, so I've learned from both. We've all been someone's disappointment. The goal of dating should be love, and if it isn't leading to love, I don't want it. But no one can ready you for love. You have to show up prepared. Guns blazing. Heartbreak has the potential to teach you to appreciate love when it appears again. But it takes the right kind of love for one to risk heartbreak. It takes courage to love and grow you out of your fear of loving. If you never take the risk of loving, you'll never know or experience its beauty. When I tell you, I think this is my best shit. <laughs> <laughs> When it's complete, we're going to have to do another one of these podcasts so that we can do, so that I can come in and do some commentary with you on it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a good piece right there. Thank you. But I want you to read. I'm going to, I know you want me to read Single Has Been Good to Me, and I'm going to read that one. But I'd like to start off, if I may. Go ahead. With a piece that I read today. And when I read it today, <clears throat> Um, it, um, I was grinning from ear to ear when I read it because it is so me and it is so honest and, um, it's so, it's still very, very true. And I wrote it in like 2007. Oh, so 10 years ago. And what's it called? It's called, um, Nice to Meet You. And so, before you read it, like, do you remember where you were in your life when you wrote it? Like, what, what was it about somebody you were dating? Or should we just listen and just... It wasn't about someone that I was dating. It's about someone that I want to date and marry. Got it. Opened my eyes, smiled for the future, grateful for the present, blessed in the past, 
I am thankful. I've loved with all my heart, hurt, heartbroken with the pain that left me unable to breathe. I've been in a place that allowed inhale, but attempts to exhale result in choking tears. Weakened in my security, strengthened in my faith, God is the reason I am here today. Today, I open my eyes and smile for the love that will come again. And I'll talk out loud to my baby. I don't know where he is, but he hears me, feels me, when I speak with ease and say, I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to make love to you. I can't wait to take my time with you, grow with you, learn with you, learn you. Suffocate each other with expression and emotion and breathe love with you to balance it out. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to love you, see you, know you, look at you. I wonder what your eyes look like. I want to understand your mind's process. Let the inner me converse with your soul. I want to know you. I want to miss you. I want to come home and take my panties off at the door mm -hmm. because I can't wait to feel you. I want to hold you, be with you, laugh with you, look at the family we created and smile with you. I can't wait to meet you and tell you that I love you because I already do. Ah. <laughs> that's that. That was dope. So that's basically in anticipation of... Yeah. Because I think we all do that. I think we all... I know I have. And, you know, and I've been single now six years, like 2011, February 2011. Um, and so I've imagined like what his name will be, mm -hmm. what he'll look like, where he's from, what kind of work he does. You know what I mean? Like what our challenges will be. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think that's, 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 that's normal. You know what I mean? I think it's... I mean, I live in... It's not, it's, it is a fantasy to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. I, um, I know my man. Um, I think that that's also why social media is such a... There's such an allure to social media in terms of dating. Because part of it is fantasy. Because you look at a person's pictures, whether you're talking about Facebook, Instagram, or Tinder, or Jack. Mm -hmm. Like, you're looking at a person's pictures... And a part of it is what you see. The other part, the greater part, is what you imagine. Because before you hear them speak, you're imagining what their voice sounds like. It's so interesting to hear you speak because as a man, I don't know if it's a man-woman thing uh -huh. um, or if it's a Craig Danielle thing. <laughs> what, what is that? But I am... This I fucking wine is amazing. This wine is really good. Let me get another I'm not going to tell you guys what it is because they're not paying for any sponsorship over here. But. <laughs> Hello. But it's pretty damn good. Go ahead. Um, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I I believe that men are a lot, are a lot more visual and aesthetics mm -hmm. are so important to mm -hmm. them. Well, you and know, well, finish what you were going to say, but, but there, that's, there's truth to that because. There was a study done where it said the, the results of that study was that men are more materialistic than women. Mm. Men are usually the ones that are pushing their women to get their nails done and their hair done and mm -hmm. um, breast implants. But men are now also doing that kind of stuff on themselves, that kind of um, maintenance, if you will. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, that's true to that. But what were you gonna say after that? Well, because I mean, well, you know, just hearing you say that, I was thinking that for me, it has so much less to do with what he looks like, mm-hmm. um, or what kind of job he right. have, and more to do with how he makes me feel and what he has to offer and what he has to offer, mm-hmm. and so. Um, because my type doesn't work. I, I gave up on the type when I was in my 20s. Like, seriously. And I'm 41 now. But I gave up on the type. Your aesthetic type. A- exactly. A physical type. Yeah. Um, because my type. <laughs> Tell me, what, what's your type? Oh, he, he my skin color or darker. Your type is you. This is the he, same man. He, he's my co- said on his last two, three podcasts ago. What? That he turns himself on. <laughs> he said that sometimes he gets out the shower and looks at himself like, mm, you need to be touched by somebody. She, she's talking about the evolution of sex. That's the very first podcast. But no, what but I'm let saying... Let me tell you something. That piece right there, when he said that, that was motivating for me because right now, I am not hopping out the shower looking at myself saying, ooh, you need to be... I mean, I, I am hopping out thinking, oh, you need to be touched by somebody. But it's not because I got a glimpse of this here stomach in the <laughs> You know, but like my my physical type, when I was in my twenties, he was dark brown, beautiful teeth, full lips, a beard, honey. Didn't have to work out per se, but I want a nice, like he doesn't have to work out. Like people think that I need to have somebody who has like a gym body, and that's not true. Who is he today? Today, integrity has ascended to the top of the list. For me, it's integrity and compassion. It's compassion. It's focus, uh, discipline, uh-huh. the ability to um, admit fault and say, baby, I was wrong. You were right. Will you be able to admit the same fault? Oh, yeah, listen. Okay. Listen, he has grown. And when I say he, I'm talking about me. I know. He has grown in the past six years. And I'm ready for that. I'm ready for partnership. But at this point, I know what I, I bring to him. <laughs> okay, India. Okay, listen. Now we're not paying for licensing. <laughs> Cut that shit out. Cut. Cut. But I'm ready to settle down. But I'm ready for partnership, and I just don't know if people really know what true partnership is. Well, you told me the other day that you believe that men are not really ready for committed relationships until they're nearly fifty. Yeah. And most. Most. That shit upset me. I mean, I hear you, and there's a part of me that probably believes that that yeah. might be true. Yeah. But I'm 40, and I would like to date an <laughs> well, older man. you got man 10 more years. 50? Come on, shit. I right. mean, how much longer am I going to have to do Well, with? you find your man is 50. There are men that... I know I said I was trying to stay away from that word. There are men that are 50 that, you know, they have youthful spirits. I had a 46-year-old yeah, man tell I'm me the other day. Did you catch that? What? People think I'm 29. Honey, somebody stopped me the other day (laughs) and told me, get into this. I told you I'm 40. (laughs) And he was like, trying to holler, trying to holler. And I was like, how old are you? (laughs) He said, I'm old enough. I'm older than you. Uh I said, really, how old are you? I remember this. And he said, 30. And I was like, thank you. Right. Because he didn't, I mean, he didn't think I was older than 30. And I, I mean, I guess he just thought I was cute and thick and young. But here's what I wanted to say to you, too. I was thinking about this because I had a conversation with someone the other Hold day. Hold on. Before what? you even go there. What? I want to tell you 
about you were just talking about men at nearly 40. Uh-huh. And I want to tell the podcast world about a text that I received from a man who is 46. Okay, and what did he say? He said, Danny, exclamation point, you're a nice girl, but it seems like you're a bit too structured for me right now. I'm dating right now, and I do not have plans of rushing into anything serious. And see, he's 46. Year, this year. I told you, 50. However, I'm open to love if it comes around, and for me, sex is a big part of that equation. I feel like things are just supposed to happen if the feelings are there. You don't feel the same right now, and that's okay. I wouldn't, have, when you're feeling I wouldn't have responded to that motherfucker. Did you, you. Did you reply? You know I replied, but since you, you're, you don't really want me to. Please, you want me to tell, tell you? what you say. Get ready, y'all. Get ready. Your text is so appreciated. Look at you writing books, laugh out loud. Because when I first met him, I wrote a wordy text. And he told me he don't like to read books, but here he is sending me a long-ass text. Book. Right. Okay. Thank you for taking the time to write and express your thoughts. If not being ready to have sex with you yet makes me too strict for you, so be it. Sometimes we meet people we want to sleep with immediately, and sometimes we pay attention to the signs, where they are, and what they say. I respect that you're dating and in the streets, quote-unquote. Hmm. From the start, I've encouraged you to enjoy that. You're reading them real nice, nasty. I like sex to happen naturally. Things are supposed to happen if the feelings are there. All this talking about it, sigh. It just makes it, well, corny. Trust. When I'm ready, I do what I want, and hopefully on a regular basis. Like you, sex is a big part of the equation for me. And so is chemistry, companionship, and communication. You've already expressed that you are not looking for any form of consistency right now. That's your right, but I am. And so, yes, I'm not ready or willing to set myself up for the expectation of getting to know you fully when you've expressed that you do not want that. You want temporary. You even told me once that you would ration out how often we see each other to avoid catching feelings. What? I'm a grown woman. I have people I can call for a quote-unquote fix. I'm not looking for fixes right now. I'm looking for dating. People who are open to the idea of more until I feel like having sex. You're closed right now, in my hmm. opinion, and you don't see it. And I understand that. You're rebounding on a mission. You're rebounding and on a mission. I get it. Genuinely, I hope you live and bask in the joy of the streets for as long as you want. As for calling you when I feel differently, feeling differently would require interaction with you and time. And since that seems like it isn't happening unless I'm willing to sleep with you today, well, kiss, kiss, kiss. You're a sweet soul. Period. <laughs> Send. Okay. And the thing is... Hold on. Because he came back to me talking all of this bullshit and then still wanted to see me the next day. Mm. So I went out. Mm. And I gave him bitch all night. <laughs> so why go out? Because I wanted him to do something different that was going to make me feel differently. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give him the chance in person to, like, I don't know, make up for it maybe or just to see if it but was But what there. good is your and hope I realized well, what but what good is, is your hope, hope when his hope is to be who he I is? Got it. That's I something that, that you wrote to me many years ago in a piece that you wrote. Yes, that's true. That is very true. But here's the thing. 
I wanted to I wanted to see. I owed it to myself just mm-hmm. to before I because he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He really is a nice guy. Um, he is compassionate. He's hurt. He's he's a little hurt right mm-hmm. now. Somebody that broke his heart. Um, but I went out with him again because I wanted to see face to face what it would be like. But I realized that he's the same old person. And what disappointed me was the way that he dealt with me because mm-hmm. we had been we had been on a few dates and clearly he's checking for me. He is checking for me. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like fucking you. Right. And you can't be mad at me for that. And you talking about it too much. Your pimping stinks. Right. Because for a lot of men, you don't have to talk about getting it if you're getting it. You don't have to yeah. talk to me about when I'm going to give it to you. You just get it. Right. And that's not where it was with him. And so, um, you know, I just wanted to see what the next day was going to bring. And it brought nothing. But, you know, I think that a lot of men or people, I'm not even going to reduce it to just men, a lot of people lack emotional maturity, which for me now is required, too, in a relationship. Um, because that emotional maturity word um, uh, just gave me, um, you saw me roll my eyes in the back of my head because I had a guy tell me once how emotional, that I needed to give him credit for how, Emotionally mature? No, for his emotional intelligence. Hmm. Anyway, that ain't for this podcast. Go ahead, because now you're going to get me going off. (laughs) Because the thing is, if we all, most people, typically, you see... Wait, let me go back. You can't be afraid to be the one that got away. I read that on social media. I, I didn't send that to you. Because I am not afraid to be the one who got away because let me tell you this, and this is going to sound very arrogant, but mm-hmm. when I was younger, in my 20s and in my 30s, I said this to guys, and I meant it with every stitch of my being mm-hmm. because it's very true. Most of the men I've dated have relationships with want me back today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even those that are married. <laughs> I'm keeping it all the way 100, right. and if you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly who I'm talking to. Right. Hey, boo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I've said to them this is when I was a little more Craig said I was aggressive I'd like to call it assertive now yeah but back when I was aggressive I would tell a man every dude I've ever been with wants me back mm-hmm. I'm telling you that now mm-hmm. take heed and sure enough they ended up being one of those that want me back. And I'm not telling you that every man that I've ever been with wants me back, but the majority of them do. About 98%. <laughs> I'm just keeping it all the way 100. And so I'm not afraid to be the one that walks away. Right. But it takes me time to get there. I'm going right. to be completely honest. Right. I'm that girl that's like, well, let me just make sure. Well, I think that's one of the things that we have in common. Mm-hmm. I think that we are the ones that will kind of hang in there just to make sure that we've done everything that we can do. Yeah, and, be sure you're sure. But sometimes in hanging in there, you kind of end up with a few scars that you kind of have to, a few bruises and you end mm-hmm. up having to, to, to heal them once you finally walk away. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I wanted to talk to you about also was this idea of monogamy. I still believe in monogamy. I believe that it is possible. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that it happens in stages. Mm. And what I mean by that is what? I was going to say, can you explain? Can you elaborate? Yeah, because 
I do believe that people can be in long-term relationships and be monogamous. But I'm I'm not really sure if I believe that people can be in 20, 30, 40, 50 year relationships and never step out. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, I do believe that you can be in a relationship. And, and, and I'm not here to say what the cutoff is. But I do believe that the people can be in long term relationships. Whether it's 5 years, 7 years, 10 years. And not cheat. But what I am saying is. There's a potential that the longer you're in a relationship, that that is a probability. That's what I'm saying. Um, doesn't mean that I'm willing to put up with that shit. Because I don't know if I'm made of that stuff. I don't know if I'm made of that stuff that would allow me to stay in a relationship if someone cheated. Are you made of the stuff that will make you cheat? No, no, no. At my core, I'm not a cheater. Now, have I cheated in my lifetime? Yeah, I have when I was 27. But that doesn't make me a cheater. I cheated... But that doesn't make me a cheater. Well, there's a difference. Because hold on, there's a big t when you talk about. Y'all better rock me, rock with me when I say that. Cause no, what, what? Well, you said that to me before. Yeah, because again, at that time, I lacked emotional maturity. I was 27, and it was a way of acting out for me then. And instead of expressing myself, because I lacked the emotional maturity, I didn't express what I needed. And you have said to me before, a part of taking care of yourself is telling a person what you need yes. from them. And I wasn't emotionally <clears throat> mature enough to say, listen, this is how I feel. This is what I need. This is what's missing. So instead, I acted out. I, I stepped out. I didn't have sex, but we definitely messed around. And, and I believe that cheating is anything that you wouldn't do in the company of the person you're in a relationship with. I think it's unrealistic. For us to think that a person is going to only be with you. Because there are 6 billion people in the world. Now, again, I'm not saying at all that it's not possible for people to be faithful, to be monogamous. But I think that there's an expiration for that shit. Well, there's an ex so So I have a, a good friend who always talks about having a good run. Yeah. And he says that, you know, sometimes you look at a person and it's like, before I hate you. Before I can't stand the sight of you, before we never want to speak to one another again, we should just go all separate and realize that we had a good run. Kiss me, tell me you love me, and don't look back. Yes, like sometimes it's like you know that's from one really of your good. your pieces. I, I remember your kiss, shit. Like yeah, I remember, I remember mine. the kiss me, tell me you love me. But then when you was, I saw I paused. Like what comes next? Because I thought you were gonna say it. That's why I paused. Yeah. <laughs> she don't even know. How I put that that shit used to be hanging on my refrigerator. I know exactly who that was written about. <laughs> hey boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a good love, that guy. What? Thinking back, we ain't about to talk about him. Um, do you know who it was about? No. You don't give a damn either. We go. You know what? We've been all over the place with this podcast. No, no, no. This, but but, but this no. Is typical of our conversations. Right. Monogamy might not be a priority in everybody's relationship. And to that, it I is in mine. It is in mine too. So don't be listening to this shit thinking I'm I'm into open <laughs> relationship. I'm coming in with that bullshit. Because that's not what I'm They're saying. They're going to play this shit Playing back. Playing like, this shit well, back. Well, you said. Oh, no, motherfucker. You misunderstood exactly. what I said. Which is important in relationships. Because communication is our partner and, and clarity, clarity is, is our friend. friend. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I had a conversation 
with a guy I know the other day, and he was just like, listen, I'm very clear that I'm a loyal person. I can be loyal to you, but I don't know if my loyalty means that I won't sleep with someone else. And so it is very, listen, it's very important to have that kind of conversation because I believe that whatever you're looking for is also looking for you. That's something that you said to me too. Mm -hmm. And you have to have a conversation because whatever you're looking for, it, they're looking for the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so if you can be mature enough to say, listen, I want to build a life with you. We can even graduate to the point that we live together. But I am telling you that I don't know if I'm going to only want to sleep with you. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is I need to find someone who only wants to sleep with me and who wants to build a life. Well, you know, I was, I was speaking um, to another friend of mine the other day and we were talking about his dating woes. And I said, he was telling me how this girl, um, he's sleeping with this girl who um, originally told him that she believes in open relationships. But now she's looking at him like, I don't know if I want to share you. Mm. And so he, one day she said to him, oh, I was with this guy and he asked me blah, blah, blah. And we were in the shower about to get on. And she paused and looked at him to wait for his response. And he was like, I'm listening. And she was like, you not... She was trying to yeah, test him. Yeah, she was trying to, to see. test him or whatever. Right. And um, I said to him, would you be mad if she was sleeping with someone else? And he said... I need a little more wine. No. And I said, oh, well, you ain't really into her. He you said, I mean... Hit? Yeah. He said, I might not be mad. He said, it might sting a little bit, but I'm not going to be crying or nothing like right. that. You know, or whatever. And so... You know, love means different things to different people. Yeah. I will share a lot, but I am not sharing with my man. Right. My man. Right. Yeah, no, I That's get That's what it. happens in this whole world of dating also, which is so difficult for me because I, listen, I don't have anything against people who are like open casual yeah. or who do casual sex. I don't mm -hmm. know how to do that. I am an emotional sex kind of girl. Yeah. Now, you know. And it's it's important to be clear of who you are. You don't have to conform. Mm -mm. You don't have to be what you think the world or other people need you to be. Be who you are. Because someone said to me years ago, she was like, listen, offer something different. Mm. And something different will come. You know what I mean? But so many people try to be what everybody else is. And it's just like, listen. You know, I was reading um, or listening to a book. Um, the name of it is Drop the Ball by Tiffany... The Flu, I believe is her last name. It's a great book, and it's actually written by a woman who is married um, and has two children, mm -hmm. and she talks about, you know, balancing work and life and yeah. relations and so on and so forth. Um, and although I'm not married, or nor do I have children, I find the book really, really interesting. And um, she said something in the book that I've heard a thousand times before. But when she said it, it really sunk in, um, just as it probably did the very first time I heard it. But she said, if you want to get something that you've never had before, you have to do something that you've, you've never, never done, done before mm -hmm. in order to get it. Mm -hmm. And that's very, very real to me. Um, as it relates to everything, as it relates to getting this stomach on flat, flat, and <laughs> ass on what's that? That's my goal, 2017. <laughs> um, 
as it relates to a lot of things in life, you know, I have to take a step out and do things differently. I don't have all the answers, you know, mm -hmm. which is why I really try to be present and enjoy the moment. And sometimes I talk myself into some bullshit. And sometimes I talk myself out of some bullshit. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes I talk myself out of something that might have been really, really great, but I really don't know. I think for me, um, the difference, the beauty of being 41, I was going to say 40, but mm. I just had a birthday, mm -hmm. but... You know, the beauty of, of, of getting older. Oh, we weren't even 21 when we met, darling. No. <laughs> Not darling. <laughs> when I tell you, you she's feeling this motherfucking wine, <laughs> her eyes dim. Are they? <laughs> but I think the beauty of, of getting older, hopefully you're getting smarter and wiser because you're paying closer attention to your life. And there's really something special about writing your life out on paper, whether it's in a book or whether it's in a diary. I've never diaried. But, you know, writing my life out on, on paper has allowed me to see some of the mistakes or the lessons, if you will, that I've learned. And once you put those things out on paper, you can never pretend to be ignorant to those things again. Mm. And so I have raised the bar, you know, where before I lowered the bar in terms of dating. And before, I would tell myself, well, you know, everybody deals with something when it comes with dating and, you know, so I can overlook this. But your boundaries are your boundaries. Your boundaries are your boundaries and your deal breakers are your deal breakers. And it's important to stick to those because if you don't stick to them, then you start to compromise and you start to confuse compromise with settling. Mm -hmm. I can compromise when it comes to dating, when it comes to, well, where are we going to go and have dinner today? Or once we get to the point that we live together, what neighborhood we're going to live in, what color we're going to paint the walls, where we're going to get the furniture and what pieces of furniture. That's compromise. You don't compromise on the fundamentals. You don't compromise on a person's integrity, on a person's loyalty or them saying one thing and doing another. Those aren't things that you compromise on. You have to be... One and the same when it comes to the fundamentals. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that I've made in the past when it comes to dating. And, and that's what I hold on to now. Yeah. I mean, I'm so silent. I'm so silent right now because I really listened to you when you said you don't compromise on the fundamentals. And <clears throat> it's almost been two years since I ended um, my last relationship with a beautiful man who I still love to this day very deeply. And um, getting back into the world of dating after being in a relationship for four and a half years has been really, really I was going to say difficult. It, no, this shit has been difficult. The shit is hard, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I'm used to every day. Yeah. I'm used to honesty. Yeah. I'm used to a certain type of conversation. Um, I am not used to this game. Mm -hmm. I don't play games like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of the silliest motherfuckers you'll meet. Right. 
But I don't like to play games. I'm very honest. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Um, and I'm just finding, I, I'm now learning how to date. And it's interesting because I, when I say to people, I'm not a dater, they're like, mm -hmm. well, what does that mean? And it's like, I don't understand this. I'm not a dater. I right. don't understand it. Like, I don't play games. I don't, you know, because sometimes that's what dating is. But um, it's been difficult understanding the fundamentals. Right. Yeah. Um, and realizing where I need to compromise. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not overthink. Yeah. And not overthink certain things. Yes. No, I get that. Um, and so... You know, when a 46-year-old man tells me that I'm too structured. He got, some, he got some shit with him. That's all. Let's bring yeah. four. You know me and the four agreements. We bring four agreements Listen, right back into here, okay? If you need to read a book about principles, go and get you the four agreements. Immediately. Um, because what I've learned is that most of the way that people respond to you yeah. has very little to do with you. And everything to do with that. Yeah, yeah. And there's so much peace in that for me, because that means that, in essence, no matter who I was with you, you probably would have shown up the same way. Yeah. So even if I would have slept with this man, growth. I was about to say, even if I would have given up the panties, but then I had that Oprah moment and I said, "Who is this?" <laughs> even if I would have slept with this man um, who he showed me that he is would have shown up at some point or another you know what I mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I would have been compromising I was not ready to sleep with him and, and, and really I think when things don't work out it's protection not it rejection is. no you have to say thank you to God for yeah. that it's protection not rejection yes so I want you to read uh, Single Has Been Good to Me, but before you read it, I want to kind of give them a little background. I was in New York visiting, and... In like 2007. Yeah. Damn, that's been a long time. Because you and some of our other friends used to do a... How often did you do it? Like a weekly or monthly? Uh, I, maybe monthly or quarterly, I would do these... I used to call them singles forums. Right. Where I would invite... It started off as a singles forum where I would invite different friends of mine. You couldn't be dating because, you know, when you have somebody in the room that you're dating, you tend to be a little... Censored. You yes, censor yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I would, you know, have people over and encourage conversation right and so it was guys and girls and and so one time i was in town and i said listen y'all got to do one of the single forms because i'm here and i want to participate mm -hmm. and so there was a guy there who talked about his experience being single do you remember like some of the stuff that he was saying he was basically saying that single has been good to him and yeah because i think you were asking him why are you still single or whatever yes and he found great peace in the fact that he was still single right because he, 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 he said Single has been good to me. Right. Those were his words. Those and were you, his words. And you took those words and wrote this. Yes. I woke up the next morning. And I was, Danielle and I were sleeping in the same bed. And I'm a very light sleeper. If you slept with me, you know that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the slightest sound wakes me up. And I hear her tapping. And I'm like, what the fuck is this tapping? So I roll over and I look over. And she's sitting in the bed with this laptop. It had to be every bit of seven in the morning. 
and up mind you until about a good to about three four in the morning mm -hmm. and so she tabbing at seven i'm looking like what the fuck is that and she typing single has been good to me unexpectedly sexy nonchalantly this man clearly articulated single has been good to me young black understated swagger no kids educated seemingly honest with an infectious smile most women understand this ain't your average man in a world where my sisters settle for incarcerated romances, continuously give cheaters four and five chances, risk their lives, die committed to men who dedicate their lives to one night stand. These niggas chasing dreams of rap star money and menage a trois with broke video holes fronting like million dollar playboy bunnies. The condoms are absent, like the mind after a night of drinking, sniffing, swallowing pills, talking about, yo, I'll hit that raw shorty is ill. Shorty is ill, literally. But she don't look like she got HIV. Got your attention? That's a fucked up one. However, this ain't that story. So I'm back where I begun. This black man said, single has been good to me. Well, I can't say the same. I know I'm partly to blame. I've been caught up with a few boys who like to play games, played on my emotions, yet appreciated the fact that I'm a good girl and I'm not with all of that. Promiscuity, parties, pills, that white powder inside them dollar bills. Loneliness inflicts a fear that makes even the strongest women weak. Brilliant women fucking with these lame ass niggas who can't even speak. Mm. My sister is getting her masters settling for a nigga who don't even want a high school diploma. Fuck a college degree. Mm. Baby's mom is by the thousands. Some happy, some sad. Finally realizing having Junior really didn't trap Dad. Now she's in a bind, fucked up in the game because this nigga had her mind. And while she's thinking she got a family, she's single. Mm. And he's trying to fuck me. Now can either one of us say the single has been good to me? Girl, take your time. Make choices. Conscious decisions will change your life. Millions of people are dying a slow death as a result of one night. Longing for, dying for, relationship, commitment, from the incorrigible, irredeemable, so busy running towards what we can't see, wanting what we don't need, trying to be with men who don't want me. It's in a single state of mind that I've become knowledgeable of what I speak. I guess single has been good to me. You know, I just think that that is so powerful because... Aside from all of the anecdotes that you write in there, if you really step back and think about it, what he said and what you're saying in that piece is single, singleness offers you clarity. But you have to be willing to sit in that space. You have to be willing to sit in that space to allow the clarity to come in, to, to allow the epiphanies to happen. That's why I enjoy that so much. Yeah. When I first wrote it, I loved it. I sent it out to the group the next morning. Mm -hmm. Like, this was inspired by last night's conversation. Right. And blah, blah, blah. And I've put it aside since then. Every once in a while, Craig might say something about it and I'll read it. But it's been years since I yeah. read it. Yeah. Until I got here today. Right. And pulled it up. Single has been good to me. <laughs> it really is. When you think about it. Yeah. Like, I've learned I have... I've learned a lot of lessons 
Mm -hmm. And it allows you to reflect on past relationships. And I'm not giving any of them back. Yeah. I wouldn't if I could. Yeah. Because it's they have made me who I am today. Mm -hmm. I hope that I've learned the lessons. Um, there was a line that I was reading in there um, that caught me as I was reading it. And I had to pause and gather myself um, trying to be with men who don't want me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes as women, we spend so much time arguing our point, trying to prove that you're a good woman. Mm. Um, and you are. But that doesn't mean that you're for him or that he's for you. And the same is true for some, some gay men. Many gay men go out of their way just to prove who they are. All you have to do is be. Be you. All you ever have memo, to do Let is me be. tell you something. I remember saying this to Craig years ago. I don't even remember what relationship I was in at the time or who did what to me, but I remember clearly saying, my man wouldn't do that. Uh-huh. And I need to remember some of these things while I'm dating these assholes. Absolutely. A lot of them are assholes. Because in other words, the man that's for you My man would not do that. He wouldn't do that. Whatever that is. And so I need to learn you know, I have another really good friend of mine. He's like my brother, loving to death. And you know, he always is giving me this advice about because I'm a serious I'm 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 a I'm a serious kind of relationship kind of girl. Mm -hmm. That's just who I am. And he encourages me to, you know, like to keep like my starting five. Mm -hmm. And that's not easy for me to do. What you mean starting five? Like have five dudes on right. deck. Yeah. No, I believe that. And that doesn't mean that you're having sex with people. That doesn't mean that I'm people. sleeping with them. Absolutely. No. But he tells me all the time, like, you one have of them, to choose. Yes. And one of them you might be sleeping with. Right. Preferably the one that you've been sleeping with for some time. Because right. he was like, he's already a match in your book. Mm-hmm. And I believe, hear me, ladies. I read and this gay in men. A, and gay men. <laughs> I believe. Well, gay men, I don't care how much dissecting and rearranging you do for this one. Hear me on this part right here. I believe, and I read this in a book, that a woman's vagina is like a window pane, and I don't want. A bunch of fingerprints on my window mm. As always, thank you for listening to this episode of So Much to Say. We're here each and every Monday at 10 a.m. Please share this podcast and the other podcasts with your social media and your network. Thank you for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram, So Much to Say Podcast, and my personal Instagram is Craig the Writer Stewart. For information about the books, visit www.craigthewriterstewart.com. Be safe, keep loving yourself.